You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab. Until you start making it a habit and until you commit and show the muse and show your partner and show the world that, yeah, this is who I am, mm-hmm. um, they're going to still stay in your way and it's never going to get easier. If I work really hard at it and it saved me from my illness. It's not just tips and tricks to make you a better artist. It's not just about who you know or what you know. It's about challenging you to explore the most honest and remarkable places inside you so that you can find your edge. Because your creative mind, when open to its own genius, has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, best-selling author, hypnotherapist, and creativity coach. And this is the Performers and Creators Lab, where we are empowering an army of artists on the leading edge. You are listening to Episode 18, Kicking Your Creative Excuses to the Curb. I feel like we're kind of hung up on time. Like time is that bad boyfriend that we can't seem to get enough of. Talk to an artist about time and it's it's like crazy talk. We either have too much of it and we waste it, we feel anxious we're not doing anything with it, or we are complaining that we never have enough. But what if the amount of time you have is just the right amount of time? What if you don't need more or less to do what you have to do? What if you can create whatever it is that you want to create with just the time that you have right now? So I know that you want to be more creative and more productive because I get it. There are things that you want to do. And that's why this month we've been focusing on creativity Here at the Performers and Creators Lab, episode 15, we talked about balancing creativity with business. We spoke with Aiden Graham, singer-songwriter, about that. He has the same problem that many of us do, which which was, man, this business stuff is all-consuming, right? So we talked about that in that episode. Episode 17, we talked about artistic voice. And being creative within your artistic voice and defining what that is so that you can be more creative. And now, in this episode, we're going to dive into your creative routine. What are you doing on the reg? What you doing on the reg, guys? So my guest today is Tracy Beebe. She is a screenwriter, a writing coach, the author of No Excuses, Write Anyway. She's going to show us how to stretch out time, how to make time, no matter what kind of creative work you do. You're going to love her kick-ass mentality. She's a phenomenal woman, and I can't wait for you to meet her. But first, a couple of announcements. This week, I'm at the Digital Hollywood Conference in Los Angeles. As you are listening to this, I am probably drinking a nice glass of red wine and hobnobbing with producers and such. 
It's going to be awesome. So uh, Voice America is bringing me down there to do some interviews for their live radio and video live stream on Facebook. So if you haven't connected with me on social media yet, then you're going to want to because I'll be reposting some of those interviews on there. So I'll be interviewing people, some fascinating speakers. I was just doing my research. Ah, major media influences, um, influencers, YouTube stars, producers, Hollywood deal makers. They're all going to be there. So you'll want to find the Performers and Creators Lab on Facebook and like us. Or better yet, join the Performers and Creators Lab community group on Facebook, where 100-plus professional artists go to support each other. And did you know there are also video clips of some of the interviews that I do here? Yeah, that's right. I meet people on video Zoom hangouts, and sometimes they're even down for letting me use the video of that. So I take bonus clips from some of these interviews, and I post them in a private library, a private exclusive library, except it's free and all you got to do is sign into it. So find that. You can find that by going to my website, performersandcreatorslab.com. And there on the menu, you'll see interviews with artists. Just click on that. It takes you to the private library where you can sign up. You get these uh, videos free. Um, and, yeah, you get, a, you get to watch the bonus clips. You get to see everybody. It's pretty cool, I have to say. Um, awesome. So coming soon, we're going to be talking about Tracy Beebe, her life, her story, she didn't start writing until she was 40. And how she is able to do her creativity on the rig. Yeah. Tracy Beebe recently wrapped filming for her horror movie Date from Hell and was recently interviewed for the Real Women page. But this successful screenwriter didn't start out writing. Growing up on her family's farm in Napa Valley, Tracy was devoted to horses and became a horse trainer. Unfortunately, she contracted Lyme disease, a chronic condition, and by her late 30s, the disease was taking a toll on her body and her ability to keep up with the vigorous livelihood of a horse trainer. Uh, I was dying and I couldn't exactly run my horse training business anymore or even get on the back of a horse. And so I had to give that up. And that was a huge loss for me. It was my identity and it was everything. And so I gave up for a while because, you know, who wouldn't? Um, but it's not really in my nature to surrender to anything. Um, and so after a little while of kind of wallowing in my misery and, and assuming that that was it, I um, said, I, I got to find something to do. <laughs> so um, I remembered that I like to write stories. And there was a uh, class in my community college and they were, it was like a creative writing class. 
and I'm like, okay, I can do an hour a week. I can sit down, I can, I can show up for that class. So I wrote a story um, as part of that class. And then I um, had the brilliant idea, <laughs> and, I, and I say brilliant in quotes, um, to turn it into a screenplay. It was just one of those sort of like, hey, this short story might make a cool movie thoughts. And so I did it. I, I went online and Googled how to write a screenplay and kind of taught myself how to write. And I, and I bought all the books and I rewrote it and rewrote it. And, um, went, and then at about a, about, about, I don't know, about six months after I kind of wrote that story and turned it into a screenplay, um, Jeffrey Wiseman said to me, Hey, Tracy, there's a screenwriters conference going on near you. Do you want to go? And I looked it up and I thought, Oh man, that sounds so cool. I should totally do that. But the tickets are really expensive. And he said, no, 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 you should go. And so he made it possible for me to go. So he actually, I, I credit him <laughs> to kind of launching my career because while I was there, I pitched that story or that screenplay to, um, some uh, studios and got great response. Of course, nobody bought it at that time because that's, it was horrible really, but they, the, on a concept level, they liked it and said, Hey, you should keep doing this. And I said, yeah, I should totally keep doing this. And so that's kind of what launched me into it. And I've, I worked really hard at it and it saved me from my illness. It gave me something else to focus on. It gave me a new identity. Um, and I was able to put all of those fears and um, all of that pain and all of that grief and sorrow into my stories. And, um, you know, especially that first screenplay, I, I, I think all writers have what I call as a, their therapy script. And it's usually their first one, but not always. It's their script that they write because they have a wound inside of them that they need to process and deal with. And I think every story we write and every piece of art we create has at least a little bit of that in it. Sure. Um, but I think we all have that one main thing that is sort of like, okay, I got to, I got to get this shit out of my, excuse me, I got to get this crap out of me and onto this page and, and then let the characters deal with it because I'm obviously not dealing with it. You lost your identity. You, it was like, you know, burned up. Like, you know, there was no way you could go back to being a horse trainer. That, that, that identity was lost. And yet like a phoenix from the, flame, from the ashes, right? <laughs> you sort of had, rose in a different identity, which I think is a really powerful thing that people can relate to, but also maybe not everyone's been through yet right. in their lives. You know, maybe it's something we all have to face, like the dying of one part of ourselves and the merging of another. Um, but it sounds like you dealt with it earlier. And that is why I think it's so, it might explain why you're very adamant about being a writer every day. Because yeah. you're like, yeah. this is what I got. And this is what right. me. this is what kind of I this is the tale of Phoenix I wrote out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
When we come back, we'll be talking more with Tracy Beebe about making a creative habit, binge writing, and how to get around your own excuses that you make when you don't want to work. Hey, have you ever had one of those books that you don't just read once, but you find yourself going back to it again and again, earmarking the pages and reading little sections of it to re-inspire you because, hey, it's good the first time, but it really just keeps on giving? Well, here's the thing. I wrote a book like that. I mean, not to brag or anything, but many readers have said that the creative formula is such a kind of book for them. It explains a three-step proven effective method for how we create as human beings, how we create anything. So a song, a dance, a show, but honestly, anything. And it also includes loads of creative exercises and ideas for how you can initiate your own. One reader said that if you're creative, this book will give you a thousand aha moments. So you can own this book. You can get an autographed copy for free. All you have to do is write a review of this podcast on iTunes and you'll be entered to win. And hey, here's a tip. If you leave the review on Stitcher or somewhere else wherever you listen to your podcasts, just be sure to reach out to me or my team on social media and let us know so that we can be sure to include you in the drawing for as thanks for writing that review. And I've already given away 10 books since we started. And as much as a pain it is to go to the post office, you know, I happen to like my post office workers there. They're really nice, especially Rashida. So leave me a review and it could be you receiving the creative formula to your house in the mail. You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab with me, Holly Shaw. Call and leave me a voicemail at 415-870-7064. Again, that's 415-870-7064. Or you can find out more about us on the web at performersandcreatorslab.com. And we're back talking with screenwriter and author of No Excuses, Write Anyway. Tracy Beebe. I am a huge proponent of whatever it is that you do, whether you're, you know, you are striving to build a business, creating a a work of art, creating anything. Uh, If you aren't doing at least a few minutes of that every single day, then you are, you are hurting yourself both emotionally and I think, you know, almost spiritually. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, you are, um, you know, kind of disrespecting the, the craft, the art that you are saying, uh, you're paying lip service to basically. And so I know that there are so many listeners out there right now going, but I can't do it every day. You don't know what my life is like. You know, you've got, you've got the, you've got the day job or you've got the kids or you've got, uh, you know, whatever it is, you've got a thousand reasons that actually, I'm sorry to say, are really excuses. And that's why my book is called No Excuses Write Anyway. And I really do think it applies to artists in general, not just writers. Yeah. And I love your book because you go through like each chapter is a different excuse you might have. 
That's yes, brilliant. Exactly. Like, okay, today I've got to <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, and the thing about it is every single one of those excuses I have lived through. Mm-hmm. That's where I came up with those. I, you know, I have, I have experienced it. I've said it out loud and then went, no, I'm a writer and writers write. So I'm going to write anyway. I'm going to create today. Doesn't, I, you know, I, I have friends who have had major back surgery and wrote anyway. I have a friend who, um, well, from the hospital room, he had major back surgery, had three discs replaced and was writing from his hospital room during recovery. I have friends who have homeschooled four kids and managed to build a extremely successful writing career at the same time. If it is something, you know, we've all heard this. If it is what you want to do, you will find a reason to do it. And if you don't, if it's something you really don't want to do, you'll find an excuse. It's just like what you were saying. You feel bad, feel uncomfortable when you're not working at your, your art, Mm -hmm. then, then you probably should find something else to do. But when you do feel bad and the, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize why they feel bad. And this is one of the reasons I push the daily habit so much. You might not even realize why you're snapping at the kids or why you are struggling with your weight or why you are, um, you know, finding other ways to kind of feel, feel better, at least for a minute. It's because you were put on this planet to create something. Hmm. And when you deny that, when you deny yourself that and you deny the world that you're going, you're going to feel like crap Hmm. and you just might not realize what it is. So if you are called to do the thing, if you are called to write or paint or whatever the thing is, Mm -hmm. please just do yourself a favor and do the world a favor and actually show up and do it. The other reason I really push the daily habit is it's so much easier to push past those excuses when you are habit in the habit, when you, and I call it a daily habit because, and I'm not the only one, this, I didn't coin that phrase. This is, a, you know, a, a, I think something that a lot of artists understand. Yeah, the twilight but when you, creative habit and, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So when you are um, showing up every single day, you are truly creating a habit. It becomes, um, you become habituated to it. So you're the muscles that you use to do the art, the, the brain power that you use, the, the spirit that you put into it are all used to become, well, they become used to showing up. Mm-hmm. And so then when you, when you do sit down to actually do your thing, you know, it's, it's less struggle. And so the, you know, you're not waiting for the muse to show up and you're not um, fighting to, to get the thing on the page. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's, and then there's a third aspect of it that I think is just so, and this is magical. I think it's so fascinating to me. You know, when we first start trying to make room for our arts in our life, in our world, um, it can be such a fight. Uh, you know, the, our family, our husband, our spouse, our kids, whatever, knocking on the door, constantly wanting attention, needing attention. The dog, Oh my gosh. <laughs> the dog needs to go out again and again and again and again. And when we 
when we make it a priority to show up, sit down at our desk or, or whatever it is, every single day, at first there's going to be some pushback. You know, the people in your life and the dog and the cat, whatever, are going to push back because they don't like change. Nobody likes that change. But it doesn't take long. I've seen it over and over again. I saw it in my own life, and I see it with the people that I work with, that my, my, my coach ease. Once they, once they say, no, I'm doing my thing, even if it's 15 minutes, whatever it takes, whatever it is that you can actually make happen, it's very soon, very quickly, the world kind of makes room for it. And it's, mm. it's really neat. And then those 15 minutes get easier, and then suddenly you can find 30 minutes, and suddenly you can find, you know, three hours. Mm. But until you start making it a habit, and until you commit show the muse and show your partner and show the world that, yeah, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to still stay in your way and it's never going to get easier. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm so like head nodding over here with everything that you're <laughs> saying. And I think you sort of answered the next question, which was, um, you know, when you ask people to make a habit, it's like, I think everybody can go agree with you and say, oh yeah, when something becomes a habit, it becomes easier. It's that window of getting to the place where it's actually habit, you know, where people feel like it just takes so much willpower that Mm -hmm. um, they have to get through that place where it's no longer willpower and it's just habit. And I think that is hardest for people. And I think you kind of answered it by you know, like how best to deal with that window? Is it like just making it so, so easy for yourself that it, you know, like may, like the short amounts of time, I think are right. great because it makes it easy and then you trust yourself to do it again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, when I first started writing, I was um, what I call a binge writer and um, very, this is how most writers start out. You have a story kind of exploding to your brain and you sit down and in a few hours you've, you've gotten, uh, you know, a lot of it down. Like, well, I should say a few days, not a few hours. Within a few days, you, you've gotten a kind of a rough graph because it just sort of explodes onto the page and you're like, holy crap, this is awesome. I love that rush. I love the adrenaline of it. And look how, look how I wrote that story. And that's kind of what I think uh, attracts so many writers to it. And I don't know... I don't know if it's the same for other artists, but what, what then seems to happen is that unless you have a, the time, whatever it is, the huge chunk of time, eight hours a day, six hours a day, um, you know, you can, or you can take yourself out on a retreat or, you know, you're homesick or you, you just have suddenly have that time and, or you have that massive rush of inspiration we, we often feel like, oh, I can't do it. What's the point of sitting down if I don't have three hours or six hours mm-hmm. today to, to focus on it? What's the point of sitting down and even starting if the kids are going to knock on the door mm-hmm. and, and need lunches made or whatever it is? What's the point of even, of even doing it if I'm not going to complete it? Well, that's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, nothing gets done unless it's started. And I know so many writers who have accomplished great things in teeny tiny little chunks of time. And, and I, you know, I have 
writers that I work with that have written entire novels while sitting in line in the carpool pickup line, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you have, you can make the time. I promise you, if time is your big excuse, it is there. You just have to be creative. If, but, but you have to also trust yourself and trust the process and trust your story and all of that, that it is, you, it will get done in little chunks of time. Yeah. You don't have to commit all day. When I say daily habit, I don't mean every day, five hours a day. I mean, show up. There are times, oh my God, there are so many times over the last however many years I've been at this where I was sick, deathly ill, massive headache on, on film set or whatever, you know, 12 hour shoot day and crawling into bed going, I can't, there's no way I'm going to write today. I just can't do it. And then I remember that I'm a writer and writers write. And so I get my sorry butt back out of bed and I write like three sentences and okay, are those three sentences going to make a difference to my story? They might not even stay in the story. I might cut them because I'm half dead when I'm writing them. So who knows if they make any sense, but I honored myself. I honored my dream. I honored my calling Mm -hmm. and I honored the art by showing up even on the days when, you know, it would have been so easy and then, you know, legitimate. Sometimes your excuses are totally legit. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's, it really is more than an excuse, but at the same time, you're not doing anybody any favors by skipping that day. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what you said really resonated with me. Like I'm, I, I love when I have a huge block of time, you know, like a Saturday and my son's going off somewhere and I just, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I know I'm going to have like eight hours to just, you know, get so in depth into something and just, you know, create an entire episode or something that I'm, or whatever I'm working on. Right. Um, but I don't always get that. And it, I've, I've felt like, you know, frustrated in the past, like, oh, I, I can't, unless I have that chunk of time, I won't be able to really get into it. And I found like, I have to break things down. I have to be like, okay, I can't do the whole podcast episode right now, but I could write the opening monologue or I could at least sketch an outline. I have 15 minutes. I've got an outline. I, I can do it in 15 minutes or I can start it, um, which can f- feel, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I still feel frustrated about it. Like I still get sometimes where I'm like ah, annoyed, you know, I got to go. My son calls me in the middle of it when I thought I had time and I have to go get him. And I'm a little bit like, um, but I just think that like wax and wane is part of, you know, we're always trying to start carving out time for our art. And we, I think we always want more of it. Like the more obsessed we get, the more we want. And you know, I just accept it, but I, I have found a way to work, right? I think yeah. moms, especially, it's like, you got to find a way to work with that. To find out more about Tracy Beebe and her work, you can find her at tracybeebe.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-E-B-E-E-B-E.com. So she's got a couple double E's there. How do you create? What's your routine? 
Join the conversation and share about your creative habits in the Performers and Creators Lab community Facebook group or find me on Twitter because I just arrived there. I'm at Holly Shaw Create. And don't forget, I'm at Digital Hollywood this week, so do check out the Performers and Creators Lab Facebook page where I'll be sharing my interviews that I'm doing with the Voice American Network. Join us there. All of the music you heard in this episode is original music by my friend, Emmy Award-winning composer Dan Cantrell. I'd like to thank Dan for providing this great material to work with, as well as producers Q4TA, executive producer Robert Cholino at the Voice America Network, and of course my creative think tank team of Melanie Myers, Hannah Romanowski, and Erica Milligan. And thank you for listening to the Performers and Creators Lab. My name is Holly Shaw. Holly Shaw.